Welcome to Into the Breach, a reps and warranties policy podcast by Brian O'Keefe and Jenna Usenheimer, partners and co-leaders of the Transactional Underwriting Council practice at Cyforth Shaw, interviewing leaders from the industry and exploring the latest developments, market trends, and news impacting RWI and the transactional risk insurance markets. Well, and welcome to the latest, greatest episode of Into the Breach. Uh, I'm Brian O'Keefe and joined by my fearless co-host here, Jenna Usenheimer. How are you this morning, Jenna? I'm doing well. How are you, Brian? I'm doing very good. And I think I have a question, Jenna, that I've never asked you before. This will be something that I do not know the answer to about you. But have you ever been to Canada? Oh, I've been to Canada a lot. I actually had an uncle who lived in Toronto for a little while, but my most recent Canadian um, visit, I was coming back to America when like the custom system broke down. So I, I remember that. Yeah, I was stuck in line for like four and a half hours. It was hot. It was terrible. I mean, it was pre-COVID, but if it was before, if it was during COVID, it would have been a whole other situation. And I just remember that my pilot was like not that far away from me online. So I just kept an eye on him. And so as long as he was stuck like on this side of the customs, I knew that I wasn't going to miss the flight. And I did it, I, but I, it was still really brutal. So, so I actually knew the answer to my question. I do remember that because I remember yeah. you sending me emails being like telling me, giving me a live update as to what was going on in the customs <laughs> line. And then I was like watching on television and I was like, oh, wow, Jenna's like stuck in some That's airport there. Yeah, I know, yeah. I know, I know. Well, those are so your uncle lived in Toronto though? Yeah, my uncle lived in Toronto. It's it's not as warm as Florida with your parents though, so he's not as warm in Florida. Now he lives in Syracuse, which is upstate New York, which is also not as warm. But um we're not like super close, so I was in Toronto once. Maybe well, twice. There you go. I was in Toronto for the Toronto International Film Festival one year. As you know, I have my I do know love of film festivals, and my dad and I went to my dad and I went to Toronto. This I'll t- this is a funny story, and then we actually will talk about reps and warranty insurance. But my dad and I went mm-hmm. to Toronto, and we checked into like this Airbnb, and some person met us, and we said we were there for the festival, and the person says, "Oh, are you guys famous film critics?" And my dad and I were like, Yes, we're famous film critics, I guess now. So, so that was that was when I was a film critic in Toronto several years ago. But, but we do have a point for all of this uh, Canadian discussion this morning, um, and that is that we are actually joined today uh, by uh, two uh, reps and warranty insurance brokers from Canada, and uh, another international element to our show today. Um, and we are going to uh, welcome here John. Antonechia, did I get it right, John? Okay, great. Wow, got it right. Yeah. And Sean Flynn. So thank you guys very much for joining us. Uh, we are really uh, pleased to have you on the show today. Pleasure to be here. Thank you very much. Thank you. And just to get a shot in, uh, Jenna, you don't have to go back to Toronto. One time's good enough. Yeah, thank you. Coming from, Mon- coming from Montreal, just come back here. It's just the much better version of Toronto, and you'll thank be much you. less bored. Hey, hey John, I do say that uh, Montreal is the best city in the country, but I'm pretty sure we have the best film festivals, Brian, uh, rightfully knows. Actually, I have been to Montreal because I took French in like eighth grade or something, so we took a trip to Montreal. 
So I can't remember anything. About Perfect. It, I do yeah. Perfect. We can have this podcast in French. <laughs> yes, that's exactly right. <laughs> we can Wait, definitely uh... not do that. Right. <laughs> <laughs> so do you guys want to tell us about yourselves and introduce yourselves to our audience here so they can get to know you? Yeah. Um, Sean Flynn uh, at BFL Canada, Vice President of Transactional Risk. And uh, I've been at BFL for three years. Um, and prior to that, I was in banking for about seven years in, in corporate commercial lending, uh, typically focused on the telecom and media space. Um, and I saw a great opportunity to join uh, what John was building at BFL about three years ago uh, to come over and, and build out the national practice in, uh, in M&A, uh, primarily rep and warranty insurance and some tax insurance. And tax insurance. We have a whole recent podcast on tax insurance. It's exciting. All right. And John, what were you building? Tell us about it. Yeah. So I, I joined BFL in, in 2014. I was, I was at, I was at Marsh before and uh, I foolishly uh, thought, thought that I could just start this practice out of, out of nowhere. But um, you know, kind of the way that, the way that we always just looked at this practice was um you know, if we go in and we look at trying to build it out for Canadian uh, for Canadian transactions, so we really started out on uh, on just trying to build it out for the mid market uh, in Canada, which is significantly smaller than the U.S. I don't have a complex about it, uh, you know, being the little brother from Canada, but it it is. But it was really just trying to work with our. It, it was actually just trying to work with our insurance partners who are here in Canada. To really build out the, uh, you know, to have a robust market in Canada for for the Canadian M and A professionals. So I mean, that's that you know started in 2014. Um, always just got some of these tough deals uh, into the market from Montreal, sometimes in French, and uh, and then and then kind of as the credibility of the product. And uh, and credibility of our of our practice started to grow with with Sean jo joining us. Uh, you know we've been able to to grow it to I don't know Sean what do we call ourselves right now? The the most active uh, broker uh, broker in Canada. Yeah, I think that's a fair statement. That? Yeah, yeah, I, I think we lead the country every quarter in 2021 with deal submissions. So it won't be you know the biggest deals uh, when you average it out, but I think we're right there at the the top of the pile for activity and seeing lots of the marketplace. And like John said, I think it's been a big part for us is just pounding the pavement and, and kind of sometimes at our own detriment, we were growing the market, but um, I think we spent a lot of time with bankers and we do that daily and weekly, just to understand what's going on in market. What are they, what are they bringing um, to market? And, and maybe there could be an opportunity to um, advance discussions on rep and warranty with the banker and, and seller's counsel before it even gets to the buyers and the bidding stage. So I think we spent a lot of time there and then just um, spending time with different, different buyers in Canada. Um, and I think John, last year, we were probably 50, 50 on strategics and, and kind of private equity. Um, yeah, I think great. we've, we've really built out, um, you know, you're, you're seeing more, particularly during COVID family offices build out direct, teams and uh, we've done some work there so right across the spectrum of buyers even down to search funders um we're kind of seem to be trying to get out there build awareness and uh, support um deals however we can well well i think uh uh 
first, we admire the entrepreneurial spirit. Um, uh, we've had the same uh, spirit in our own practice, our own underwriting council practice. So I think we uh, uh, always love to see folks who uh, have grown something from nothing and are uh, being successful in this industry. So congratulations, guys, on on reaching those milestones. And that's uh, you know great background on your your shop and learning more about you. And um, you know, I think we wanted to our guests who may not be as familiar with what's uh, going on in Canada, maybe you want to give us an overview of the, the state of the market there now. We, we know the U.S. market is very hot right now, um, you know, seeing rising premiums and, and a lot of deals. And are you seeing the, the same sort of thing up in Canada right now? Uh, yeah, um, Brian, we, we are. We're, we're seeing uh, kind of a rapid rise in, in, in premium right now. And some some t- uh, difficult conversations with clients that uh, maybe we we did a fairly large deal with them in December 2020, and they're looking at um, quotes from the market nine months later, and they're up 150, 200 basis points. So, um, you know, there's been this underlying um, price increase going back to the beginning of COVID for claims that are being paid, for sure, and the product's working. But there's also just this mismatch in, in demand and supply right now and so many deals um, chasing insurance. And that's been increasing pricing pretty rapidly over the last couple months for sure. And I'm sure, I'm sure you're seeing that. Um, I, I do think in Canada, we trail that price increase. We, we are generally, um, we, we find a, a deal with a nexus to Canada. Um, it does price a, a little cheaper. Um, but as far as premium, that's true. I think there's more appetite, John, um, for for smaller deals. Although we don't have the same amount of markets, um, I, I think we've been able to build relationships with insurers to make sure that we can support the lower mid market in Canada and uh, always get some quotes because I know that can be a challenging. We're hearing anecdotally that really challenging deals under 30, 50, maybe 200 million in the U.S. to make sure you get multiple quotes. Yeah, you know, I, I think that we've been getting we've been getting great support from our from our partners in Canada. You know, we're still on the upswing as far as the development and market penetration. So it, it's been it's been increasingly even with kind of the hardening of the market and and the kind of tough market cycle that we're in right now. Um, you know, we we do really credit our insurer partners who have in Canada who have uh, who have been supporting supporting us. Now, are we getting uh, are we getting six quotes on every deal? No, but um, it, you know, insurance is always market cycles, and I kind of take it back to like this is like 2015, 2016 for me, uh, kind of going in, going in with like a tough uh, French language deal, you know, kind of able to get maybe two quotes, maybe two quotes out of the market who will uh, who will do it for me, only if I kind of push them uh, push them hard, but. You know that's that's kind of what we have to do in, in the market as brokers anyway. Like that's where the where the distribution arm uh, yeah. of the of the insurance company. So you know we we just try to make sure that we're keeping uh, we're keeping the submission flow in the pipeline uh, and the pipeline strong uh, strong for them. And you know we we do expect their support on uh, when when we do bring in uh, when we do bring in the submissions. And John, I'm trying to remember if you coined this term, because I usually credit you with the creative stuff, or we heard it somewhere else, the high altitude training um, piece. But when we were, you know, really kind of building out that addressable market in the, in the low end, and uh, like John and I would call that the, the, the high altitude training, because those were the tough deals. Those are the ones we really needed to understand 
um, you know, what are you doing on diligence here or coaching first time users? And maybe there's a little bit of internal uh, diligence versus external and getting insurers comfortable with that. And uh, I think we were talking earlier before the call about the quality of diligence reports you get in Canada that's helped insurers get there. But um, I, I don't know, as we continue to push and try to get new people to come in, there, there's some, we seem to find some tough deals out there too, that they're just, they kind of hit on all the things that make it challenging for insurers, but we always uh, be proactive and, and make sure we have some um, you know, quotes that we can get there with. Yeah, you know, the, the high altitude training, like, you know, some of these tough, uh, these, these tough deals to get done, you know, we're constantly... Uh, we are we are doing that coaching. Uh, we are doing that coaching with clients because it's it it is in Canada. It is still often their first deal. Um, so you, you know there's uh, we got to make sure that the diligence is sufficient. We got to make sure that they're they're kind of hitting hitting all the right areas and that they're comfortable and, and that they're comfortable with with the process. So we still do a lot of that. We still do a lot of that work, but it's just you know as Sean said that high altitude training. I remember you know once we've built our practice and a little bit more credibility when we started to get uh, enough credibility to get those nice private equity deals where they have full reports you know a very balanced negotiated spa we were just like oh this is how the rest of the world lives like it was fantastic you know um, right. but that's <laughs> i think insurers still kind of look at us uh still look at us sometimes and being like where do you find these deals like where, how how is it possible that you're coming to us with another one of these tough ones? But it's, it's to us that's all part of the market development. It, right. Maybe I can ask you this question too. I think um, you know how many markets are there actually uh, servicing all of Canada now? And then perhaps for some of our U.S. Uh, insurers, you know, what would be some advantages to perhaps getting involved in the Canadian markets more if they are not involved in that right now, which might expand some uh, supply for, for, your, for your clients? I am so happy you asked that question. So, <laughs> um, you know, we, we probably, we have, we have 10, yeah, we have 10 markets who are, who are kind of licensed in, who are licensed in Canada. And a lot of the time they're not licensed across the country. So, I mean, we could get into some pretty specific jurisdictional issues, but you know, a lot of times that there, they might just be uh, the, the insurer may just be licensed in Ontario. Um, so obviously with like Quebec deals and things like that, that, that could make it, uh, that could make it a little bit difficult. Um, but, you know, we always just try to encourage insurers uh, to come into Canada um, we encourage them to, to be licensed across the country. There, you know, there is a, a difference in Quebec um, between common law and civil code um, that, that, that have spooked some insurers. Um, but there's, you know, we've, we've been good about, you know, like, okay, let's, we'll, we'll, we'll introduce you to a, law, to a law firm who knows this inside out, um, you know, who can get you comfortable uh, who can get you a little more comfortable on these uh, on these jurisdictional issues? But you, you know, we're we're always just trying to encourage additional capacity in Canada to be able to build out that uh, to be able to build out that market. Brian, the only thing I'd add there is I think there's like John said, it's, it's still a nascent market in Canada. There's still room to grow. I mean, a lot of deals are concentrated in in Toronto and in Montreal, but the West Coast is still uh, you know lots of 
software companies, lots of good businesses. And we're continuing to build it out in the prairies in Saskatchewan on the East coast. We spend some time in these regions where um, even the established markets in Canada, there hasn't been a lot of work in some of those spots, right? So there's still kind of an opportunity to come in and make a name for yourself in the transactional space across Canada. Um, but yeah, it's, con- it's capacity constrained right now. People are trying to staff up and kind of come back in um, after kind of being on the sidelines, just how busy the U.S. has been. Uh, but there's the core markets that have always been there every day for us. But, um, yeah, you know, I think it's a it's a great opportunity, good deals. And we were talking about the diligence and the people that are around them. So I think it's, it should be a comfortable spot that is relatively similar to the U.S. that uh, insurers should see as a good opportunity, with good upside. Jenna, I saw you got very excited when he talked about Saskatchewan. You really perked up there, I think. This is such a random story. I was volunteering in North Dakota, and on my flight home from North Dakota, it was like one of those teeny tiny flights. And um, it was me. Well, it wasn't. It was like ten of us, but also one of the ten was Cory Booker. So I was like very impressed. And like the gate for the airport, I was like all super excited. And I was sitting next to this like a lovely man and I was talking to him and turned out he was like a farmer from Saskatchewan and like his neighbor was 10 miles away. And I like learned all about his farm and how far he lived from everybody else. And I was trying to show him like, oh, that's Cory Booker. He's gonna run for president. And so I have like a nice little place in my heart for that like farmer from Saskatchewan. He was so sweet. Salt of the earth there, um, Jenna. But I mean, we've, we've John. I feel like we've done every ag retailer deal that there that we can do in Saskatchewan. So there, there's a couple private equities there. And, and one just, I just had an egg deal. It's very interesting. Yeah. And one <laughs> yeah. just raised a, a really good fund out of Saskatoon, about a quarter of a billion. So they continue to do deals, and um, wow. we'll have to get we'll have to get you up there to go see your uh, your airport friend. My airport friend, right? Exactly. So what would you guys like our listeners to know about the market in Canada or going with the Canadian insurer or like anything that you, what message do you want to send to our listeners? Who I think are mostly Americans, but maybe there's some Canadians. I mean, you listen, so maybe there's some Canadians out there too. You know, I, I think, I think, I think it's the, the first thing is like when you're, when you are going into the Canadian market, um, you know, we're still seeing it now that there's that there is an advantage uh, to use a Canadian nexus into the into the Canadian market for us to be able to kind of get the uh, to get you know our to get the support from insurers. We're we're definitely seeing that right now. Um, I I think for insurers who are co- who are coming into the Canadian market, if you need help demystifying Quebec, like I'll do it, no problem. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, for, and then, you know, for, I'll, I'll speak to Quebec specifically, but, you know, for, um, you know, for investors who are kind of coming in, like, you know, like we, we know that market, we know that market inside and out. Uh, like we were, we were very early, early adopters, uh, just because of the way that the pension funds and and some of the labor funds are set up in Quebec. Uh, you know, we, we, we were doing minority deals before minority deals were really a thing in the market. Um, we were, and, and if you're looking for co-investors, you know, we do, we do know the players to be able to, uh, to be able to make those, uh, to be able to make those introductions. So I, I would just say, you know, specifically for Quebec, uh, it's, uh, it's a very robust business environment. You don't have to worry about the, any sort of like language issues and, and things like that. We can, we can walk through what the, what the diligence requirements are going to be. 
Um, but you know, like uh, that's that's a bit of the the issue that I sometimes see with insurers is that they're saying, "Oh, oh no, like I have a full stop just because you know we can't support necessarily like some of the civil code provisions uh, for insurance companies." And then we just kind of say like, well, let's take a step back. Let's look at this. Why don't you talk to this person and, and hopefully kind of get them more comfortable. I think, I think that's great. And I think that's, those are all wonderful insights that I'm sure our listeners will appreciate. I think one kind of final substantive question I had was um, we had a, a show a, a while ago with one of our favorite people in this industry, AJ Kritzman at uh, Tokyo Marine, where he was explaining some of the differences between U.S. policies and policies in Asia. Um, and uh, I, I just didn't know, are there any major substantive differences between policies that are, uh, you know, underwritten from Canada versus uh, versus the United States? No, we, we, we like the Canadian, uh, the, the Canadian form is, is really derivative on the, on the U.S. North American uh, type of, type of reps deals deals are done the same way uh you know we have uh it, the the diligence is is very complete disclosure very robust so you know it's it's kind of business as usual if uh from from that perspective um yeah so there's not that big of a difference i you know the one thing again i just kind of you know, some insurers in uh, that some insurers require kind of a side letter for for Quebec deals. It, it's you know, to, to be honest, we've never kind of had an issue of anyone uh, signing on to that. But sometimes it, it takes uh, it, it takes people aback for a second as to just that extra step uh, as to what this is. But you know, we're we're generally able to advise their, our clients pretty well uh, on that on that unique item. But otherwise, the underwriting, it, it's all very similar to, to what you'd see in the U.S. And, and the underwriters are, uh, you know, very strong. A lot of them are, are filling in often on, uh, on U.S. deals. So, you, you know, that's probably some of the names that a lot of people would already be familiar with uh, at the various insurance companies. One thing, Brian, I just saw today uh, or a couple of days ago was uh, it's Canadian buyer of a U.S. Yeah. asset and as a proposed exclusion was ESOP matters. And there's some people in Canada, they're trying to get ESOP here, but we don't have the tax structure for it. Um, it that was just something new I hadn't seen. So you get the heightened risk, but I, I think John's right. It's very similar and no big stark differences like rep and warranty and WNI. Well, I think now we're going to move into everybody's uh, most favorite part of our podcast here, the um, Once More Into the Breach quick hit. So since you're the end of the podcast, I'm sure you know exactly what's coming. So why don't you tell us, number one, the biggest change you think we'll see in rep and warranty insurance in the next 12 months? All right, Johnny, you're the uh, hot take guy. (laughs) No pressure. Yeah, so I, I mean, I'll, I'll start with uh, what I'd like to see, which is number one, more insurers coming into Canada. So please hit me up sure. and uh, to be able to uh, to be able to You're do that. Right. And uh, and the other the other thing that I'd like to see before I get into my hot take is um, U.S. If you're doing a cross border deal and you're you're a U.S. Uh, uh, M&A professional. You got to change up your project names. I can't have my <laughs> file. My files are a mess with Maples, North, Moose. That's hilarious. Project Moose. That's so funny, actually. Yeah. You just 
United States of America, you can be better. Just be a little bit more creative. I'm ashamed of our country. That's for sure. <laughs> I mean, also, I we must have had 15 Eagles Project. Yeah, Eagles. <laughs> fair. Yeah, okay, we so. could probably think of other names. Two <laughs> way street. Yeah. Um, no, uh, you know, I I think the 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 thing right now that we've seen in just overall from an M and A perspective. I think that most of the Canadian deals have been acquisitions of founders. So like the original owners uh, of businesses. And I think what we're going to see now is just even just even based on the, the U.S. kind of foreign direct investment into Canada over the last five years, some of those private equities are going to uh, private equity funds are going to be closing out. So a lot of those are going to go back on the market. So we're going to start seeing kind of those targets get get resold in the next couple in the next couple of years. So I'm expecting to see some familiarity. I'm expecting to see kind of uh, reps and warranty insurance policies uh, that may have to get assigned with the uh, get assigned with the with the assets and with the assets themselves which will bring into, you know, other issues as far as like which policy in the instance of a claim, you know, like which policy is going to respond. Was that a, was that a claim to a previous policy versus, you know, the new reps that, are, that have been brought down. So I, I think that that, those, those issues are going to start coming up uh, from a, from a claims perspective uh, moving forward. And, and the other thing, which, you know, kind of plays out, like we're, we're spending more and more time on insurance issues uh, in, in, transactions so things like cyber um you know what does excess no broader actually mean from a risk profile perspective for for our clients and that is my favorite topic of conversation oh perfect i can go on forever about that (laughs) we We have a a podcast podcast. about that yes we did joshua Joshua was on yes only a couple of minutes we're focused on (laughs) we could do 30 minutes yeah, no, I, I think I think we agree. I think those are all I think those are all very important trends and things that we're seeing in the United States as well. And uh, we will also tell our I mean, a colleagues down here to be more creative in their next uh, in their next deal that they name up there. So, um, so moving on to question two, um, this one is: What is your biggest piece of career advice for somebody who may be interested uh, in getting more involved in this? Uh, any good thoughts on careers in this industry? Um, I, I think, and we've, we've been lucky enough to hire an amazing person, uh, Georgia Grunmanis, in, in February. So we're growing ourselves and it's been really cool to, to reinvest in our growth and be able to support um, her career in this space. And, and you can see the passion that she has for it. So I think for people, legal community, finance community, people really enjoy this space. Um, the career advice would be um, it's kind of universal. Act with integrity because it is a very small world and it's very small in Canada too. Um, and just get out there. Um, ask questions. Everyone, there's a lot of relationships built here that have become friendships in a short amount of time. So it's just an incredible um, group of people, <laughs> I, I find, in, in the kind of rep and warranty world. And um, everyone is always open to kind of supporting the next one. Everyone's best interest to continue to grow this, to, to support deals and to support each other. Absolutely. We couldn't right. agree more. And, and I would just also say that, you know, kind of professionals kind of getting into this is use the opportunity to expand your network. Um, yeah. You know, get out of, get out of the insurance bubble uh, of the people that, that you may, you may speak to. Like we just, that's been Sean and I, that's been our key to success is uh, from a, even, you know, not just from a business development perspective, but just from a career development perspective. Um, you know, we, we found that to be uh, the most interesting part about our job 
um, but it, it's also been um, a it's been a, it's been excellent from a career development perspective. So even if you're young in the space and and you're new, use the opportunity to get to to really uh, to really expand your network. Great, great. Okay, and this is our mystery fun question that actually I may have asked another one of our uh, guests from other countries, but this had a really big impact on me. So when I was traveling in 2019, I was in New Zealand and Australia and in Australia it was the first time. So like as an adult, like two years ago, I discovered the con, we got kicked out of the Commonwealth and so we're not part of it. So tell me pro, con, yay, nay, what's your like takeaway on the Commonwealth Games? I love the Commonwealth Games. So I... They were also, I think, the first to to introduce sevens rugby into, uh, you know, before the Olympics. So I've always been a a, a, a big proponent of that. Um, and the yeah, I mean, I mean, to be perfectly honest, do I follow it that much? <laughs> no. <laughs> Sean, does it get more coverage in Toronto than it gets in Quebec? trying to wonder i think we had it here a couple of years ago and i didn't go i think my delay on answering that might give it away jenna like um in in our family the family i married into my wife they they love the monarchy and i'm i mean i'm just trying to be politically correct here yeah and and, and i'm less so so that's that all goes into the whole commonwealth games right so um but it's a great opportunity for athletes and it's it's a it's a huge collection of uh, of countries but I think uh, I'm just I'm no I'm an Olympian um, fan. How about that? Yeah, we like the Olympics too. Well, well, yeah. I, That's just I, I find it. That I never knew it was a thing that happened, and like the whole world basically was doing it. Yeah, and there's a Pan yeah. Am Games too, I suppose. There's a couple of different groups. Sorry, Brian, you were saying? No, I was going to say I find it fascinating, Jenna, that you are now asking sports questions on the podcast. <laughs> That is then, a good one. I mean, I don't know, understand any. When we met, I don't, you know, I was explaining football to Jenna and what the Super Bowl is. And well, that's well, an exaggeration a bit, but I definitely don't get the sports jokes that would go fly over now. Now you're and, asking the sports questions. So and, and really highbrow. You got the two Canadians uh, yeah, running. Yeah, I, like, I love it. <laughs> and not even a, a hockey question, you know, like I, I just Yeah, yeah. Well, I didn't be like you know you didn't want to pass judgment on that it's okay i'm gonna i'm gonna Everybody i'm gonna likes, i'm gonna you know that and hockey and ice fishing. i'm gonna so. i'm gonna pump sean's tires he was a, a uh he he played uh he played professionally uh he played hockey wow. professionally oh wow we just, didn't even know just, we had a superstar on the podcast just don't ask what country i played <laughs> Pretty amazing. We've never had a professional athlete on the show. That so we know of. Really know about that. That, that we know of. Right, yeah. right. So that's great. Well, thank you guys very much. This was a great podcast. Oh I think uh, a subject, again, uh, that some folks in the United States aren't as familiar with, but um, obviously, a, a, a yeah, otherwise, a DM you can go on LinkedIn. Yeah. Yeah. That's probably yeah. the best way. Great. We'll, we'll include some contact so information much, as well on the website. So great. Well, thank you guys very much done another international episode we're just touring our way around the world and uh we'll have to see where we go next so enjoy your travels thank you jenna thank you brian thanks we really appreciate it all right thank you very much thank you very much and thank for all our listeners and until next time 
Thank you for listening to Into the Breach. For show notes, additional resources, and links to the tools discussed on today's episode, please visit rwipodcast.com. The views and opinions expressed by Brian O'Keefe and Jenna Usenheimer in this podcast are their own and do not necessarily represent the views and opinions of Cyfarth Shaw, LLP, its partners, or its employees. The podcast does not provide legal or other professional services. This podcast is made available by the lawyer publishers for educational purposes only, as well as to give you general information and a general understanding of the law, not to provide specific legal advice. By listening to this podcast, you understand that there is no attorney-client relationship between you and the lawyer publishers. The podcast should not be used as a substitute for competent legal advice from a licensed professional attorney in your state. As defined in the State Bar of New York's Code of Professional Responsibility, this podcast is considered a form of attorney advertising. Prior results do not guarantee similar outcomes. Thank you.